Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. So I had thought about all sorts of stupid ways to start this podcast. One of the ways I was thinking about was, um, you know that song, I'm in love with the Coco. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, there's a song called I'm in love with the Coco, right? And I had thought about changing the word Coco to Lucha. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of fallen in love with Lucha watching this show again. I love it so much. Before, so you, before you got on the line, I was trying to see, how can I watch weekly TV? <laughs> <laughs> what, AAA? Yeah. Hello everybody, welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, well, currently in this COVID situation, I'm joined by my good buddy Tax Williams, remotely. COVID situation be a, a good t-shirt or a finisher? <laughs> oh my god, he's hitting with the COVID situation. <laughs> well, we can look back at this in years and laugh, for sure. What we can't look back on still, though, is the cesspool of British wrestling. And as we record this, the internet dirt sheets have upset the nxt uk fans all three of them to suggest there'd be an announcement for the uh the promotion by the end of the day but if you listened to our episode last week rich probably sensibly cut out a good half hour of our views on the speaking out um movement and i felt dirty cutting it it felt like you know against everything i believe in in podcasting but this strong shit we were talking about i feel my legal fees have been protected for some of the stuff i said but i'm really glad you kept yeah. my uh rock band finger 11 comment in that was good <laughs> i but left well let's just stay separate this way so people that are fans of the pod and stuff like let's say i cut the first half an hour out but then there's about an hour of us just talking wrestling and then in that hour mark, we oh. kind of go to town a little bit. Oh my. And I was like, that's okay. We can leave that in because only people that like really like us and like the podcast will get that far in. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> ah, well, I'll leave this in. This is funny. Well, I've had time to reflect on my rant last week. And I don't have as, as such as a rant, more of mm -hmm. just a, a point of view to put out there. Do I need to put a clap here so I know where to edit? <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's, it's a genuine just, I've seen obviously online a lot of people trying to get involved in this whole safeguarding, let's help the All scene. Right. And, and that's brilliant. Mm. But let's just consider one of two things. Unless you are a safeguarding professional or in the industry of social care, you should not be putting your name forward to get involved in this unless you're willing to go for all the qualifications and do the training to do it. Do not use this speaking out <laughs> movement as an opportunity to try and position yourself as the saviour of British wrestling. Bro, if the you fact that you're having to mention this means that you've read something or seen something. No, it's just... It's the, the most British wrestling thing ever to think that anyone <laughs> just can be a safeguarding officer. Just you the, don't need training or qualifications or anything. It's fucking hilarious. The number of people who are just tweeting the unappointed, unrepresented leaders of change are like, oh, well, I, I definitely think I should get involved in this case. If these people are having conversations behind closed doors, and whether I agree or not with who's involved... They're doing, they've already doing their thing. If you want to do something for British wrestling, do it yourself. But most importantly, get your qualifications because it is not about you having a position of power so you can sit there and go, I'm on the safeguarding committee for British wrestling because <laughs> as it stands, there are six promotions left. So well, yeah. I wouldn't worry about it too much. And just uh, as always, don't use something as tragic 
to try and get yourself over or get yourself a step up in the business. I, you know, let's let let's see. You know, I'm not going to be over to spread, but someone who's involved in the movement has been appointed as a safeguarding officer to work under someone who's worked in social care for 15 years. And she's now said that she isn't the safeguarding officer. She is going to work to get the qualifications. And what she's doing is correct. She's learning from someone in the industry and doing the qualifications. She's interesting. She's an integral part of this movement. I think, yeah, more power to you. That's how it should be done. But don't, because that would be like me saying to you, oh, Rich, it turns out, just as an off chance, imagine you didn't actually, you weren't a decent video editor. But you're like, I've got some software and I like wrestling. Hello, WrestleTalk. I'd really like to do your job for you. And they go, oh, he's pretty good. He's good at knowledge <laughs> at wrestling. Give him, give you an edit. And you'd be like, shit the bed with that. <laughs> Please don't do that. I like my job. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> or it'd be like someone saying to me going, ah, oh, I can see you're really passionate about spreadsheets, but your pivot tables are shit. So you can't be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I got that reference. Look at me. Uh, it's just it's it's just wound me up a little bit that people are trying to do something good, whether or not it's a sensible thing. Um, yeah. Just cut that sentence there because that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they do something good? Piece of shit. Yeah, it's it's good that they're doing it, but I'm just sick and tired of seeing people try and jump in the bandwagon and get on the uh, get on the gravy train as much. Because here's the yeah, funny absolutely. thing, kids, yeah, yeah. and I you know I don't know if anyone who's listening to it is trying to get involved in the safeguarding thing. There's no money in British wrestling. <laughs> I'll tell you that now for free. Do you know the reason why you see all the wrestlers trying to shield their merch online? It's because they didn't register as self-employed contractors and they've got no fucking money because they haven't been able to work for six months. There's no money here. If you want to do it to help, brilliant. Get the fucking qualifications. But there's no money. And WWE aren't going to look at you because they're too busy hiring and firing nonces. I think you know what I want to say about British things in British wrestling that make money and how people shouldn't shit on them but I'm not gonna say that because uh, I'm gonna move on and we're gonna talk about something better triple triple a invading New York and ladies and gentlemen here are the luchadores of lucha libre triple a finally we are here and final it's a reality to be here in the Madison Square Garden lucha libre triple a it's like no other form of entertainment you've ever seen I guarantee you that on Sunday, September 15th, for what promises to be another exciting night of professional wrestling at the world's most famous arena. Yeah, let's make history in September. Aquí, el centro de Nueva York. Nos vemos 15 de septiembre. Just make sure you buy the tickets. Don't wait for the last minute. Viva la lucha libre. Viva Mexico. Viva Mexico. I'm just gonna keep you guys hyped up. I'm gonna be loud like this the whole night, so you guys have to meet me and be at our level, honestly, right? So if I'm loud, I want you guys to be louder, and I'm really loud, okay? So the whole night, because the more, the louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight. Triple mania! I had to get it in, even though it's not triple mania. <laughs> I'm so happy you suggested we do the show. And oh. more more importantly, I'm so happy that WWE probably tried to sue for Kalisto's chant because it was just featured throughout this whole <laughs> bloody show. <laughs> Honestly, we are maybe a couple of events away from being a AAA podcast because I fucking love AAA so much. There's I can't so much believe to talk the, sh- about. the show prior to this was Triple Mania. 
um, 27, oh, which is covered in our archives. Go back and check it out, worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. So um, we've got to complete the trilogy for whatever's next, right? As Heroes Immortals <laughs> uh, 13 next. Maybe maybe we are going to be goddamn AAA podcast. If you want that, tweet us. World of Rest Pod. World of AAA Pod. <laughs> it's what, what Murder Thanks. Clown would want. <laughs> and Big <laughs> Mummy would want. Devastated she wasn't on this show. I I was I was upset, but you know, we we got a quality card, mate. There's some. Oh, mm, let's go through it. So, 15th of September 2019, uh, Lucha Libre AAA Worldwide. Uh, we'll watch this on pay per view from New York City, New York, USA. So it's it's kind of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so actually, obviously, I was going to. Well, are you going to cover the backstory of uh, where they actually are and why they got there? Well, I don't know too much about it beyond that it's the Hulu Theatre in okay. Madison Square Garden, which must be like the small venue inside MSG, right? It is. So basically, in June 2018, so there was rumblings that AAA had secured two dates to run MSG because uh, the executives at MSG had become really frustrated at Vince McMahon running um, Barclays Centre instead of the Garden. Sure. Um, well, so that's why New Japan and ROH were there as well, weren't they? Exactly. So... In sort of the autumn of 2018, that's when AAA was supposed to do their show, but it got pushed by 12 months. And then they started promoting it. And there was also a backup date uh, in Vegas, just in case they couldn't do this. But in April 2019, they announced that AAA worldwide would be running shows at MSG. And the press conference basically said tickets would go on sale in early May. Oh dear, the ticket sales. <laughs> right. So it was supposed to be held in Maine, MSG. So it's meant to be in Big Boy MSG. Meant to be in Big Boy MSG. Oh. And I'm unfortunately- I always thought it was meant to be because that's how it was advertised. I thought they were just being really cheeky. <laughs> yeah. So tickets went on sale in May. Come August, they'd sold 2,000 tickets. How many does MSG hold? It's like 9,000, isn't it? Well, the Hulu Theatre holds more than 3,000, which is the total <laughs> that they got. But um, So basically, in, on August the 16th, so a, a month before the show, pretty much, it was announced that the show would be moved to the Hulu Theatre, which is inside MSG. Um, and apparently, um, it was made two weeks before... Just, so just to clarify, MSG is 20,000. 10% they sold. <laughs> they sold 10% of the tickets. That's good in a six-month run. <laughs> That's almost five star numbers. It's not as bad as five star, but it's close. But basically, MSG executives uh, went round and they ba- told them to move the venue because of poor ticket sales. Because they didn't want to see the twenty thousand venue with just two thousand tickets in there. <laughs> Imagine seventeen thousand empty seats in a twenty thousand seat arena. It's not even a nitro event where they go and paper it. <laughs> oh, jeez! I-, I assumed when I first loaded this up that it was big MSG, just heavily tapered. With like all the lights off, curtains up, and things like that, because it's there's one big bank of seats. It's a proper theatre venue. It's not in the round like MSG or an ice hockey arena or something. Yeah, this is treading the boards theatre style. Yeah, and it's kind of like the uh, Progress Brixton show in terms of setup. Yeah, except with that we're aware of less nonces. I thought I'd give you the opportunity to throw that out there. <laughs> Hi, Travis Banks. How's your legal this, team? 
This is like the catch up from last week, all the stuff I edited where like I care less. <laughs> so there we go. So yeah, Hulu Theatre inside MSG New York. Have you got more about this or is that That's that that's what I've got. So okay, cool. we are uh, as Rich said, we're now in an actual trading the board stage based theatre. No six sided ring. No. Which is good because I much prefer the four sided. I think that wrestlers before the four prefer the four sided as well. In my experience, I don't think any um, North American wrestler has turned around and said, "You know what I really love that six sided <laughs> ring." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than Dixie Carter, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is also on Fight TV. You can go get it. Our commentary team this evening. Yes. <laughs> ah, you finally got to experience AAA with Matt Stryker doing commentary. I like Matt Stryker on commentary. What? I'm not What's wrong lie. with you? You fucking... Ah, how dare you, sir? He's he's technically sound. I like oh, he it. He never shuts the fuck up. He talks so much. He that, never leaves any breathing space. That's why they put him with Hugo. Yeah. <laughs> Hugo is great tonight, I would say. But a lot of my notes are just shitting on Matt Stryker and saying how great Hugo Savinovich. Hugo Savinovich. He is awesome. So, you know, former WWE employee... Guy does the Spanish commentary for AAA usually and is now doing the English commentary for this one. He's fucking great. It's really nice to hear him. It's the first time we've ever heard him really do commentary that isn't Spanish, right? You'll you'll also notice him from the Attitude Era as always the one who got beaten up by the Spanish announce table. <laughs> was he a worker? No, but he was always willing to get involved. There was, I can't remember whose podcast it was where they were singing the praise of Hugo. But it was a case of if there was anything that needed to be done, Hugo would be like, I'm all in, including things like unprotected chair show. He's like, I'll do it. I love wrestling. <laughs> That's great. So we open with a kind of cheesy, but really fun and well-made <laughs> intro package. The, they're with, uh, you know, arenas full of fans watching AAA. <laughs> Smiley Exoticos, Phoenix and his awesome collection of masks. Speaking of masks, masked Cain Velasquez on this show in this introduction video. Oh, we'll crikey. get to him later. <laughs> good, the good our, thing, oh, sorry, go on. Go on, I was going to finish off by saying our boy Conan does some shouting. Spooty Pyro, cut into MSG. But go on, what were you going to say? I was going to say it's good that we didn't only get to watch this video once. <laughs> They, oh no, you, this is repeated at yeah. least twice. <laughs> the same introduction package. Well, they they paid the money for the, the video editor to do it. They're going to get their money exactly. worth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is how AAA do business. You you get a video package done and you like it and you've got to have slots to fill because you've got to have a certain length of show, obviously. So we'll put the video package there. Yeah. <laughs> Logic. Love it. <laughs> Cut into Madison Square Garden. Well, not really. Uh, it's not exactly packed, Tax. Even though it's the smaller 3,000-seat arena, there's a... Uh, it makes five-star look popular. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfair, because there is 3,000 people here, and the, that banked seating is packed. Yeah. Around from the edges in the back, obviously. There's, there's a few seats missing. Ringside but... seats were not well sold, but the big bank, it was quite busy, what they had. Yeah. So the hard cam is looking kind of how the modern wrestling shows are set up, looking straight down the uh, entrance ramp. This is obviously pre-COVID, so there are fans here. Um, on the left and right, <laughs> there's pretty much packed out. But the side that the hard cam is on, there is literally three or four rows. And I mean entire rows. Of social completely. distancing in practice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, invisible fans have come along. It's, it's empty at ringside on one side. It's They'd oh. all been demasked during the intro video and had to leave. <laughs> 
So we've got black on black ring with usual sponsors printed onto it. So black ropes, black turnbuckles, black canvas. Looks pretty cool, pretty smart, but it must be a bit difficult to wrestle in, you'd imagine. I just, I as you said, the setup for this, it's there's nothing spectacular with it, but it looks crisp, it looks smart, and if it's your first viewing outside of the the lack of fans you're seeing on the hard cam, it looks professional. Yeah, absolutely. So our lovely introduction gentleman who comes out to all these AAA shows comes out and greets us and makes his way to the ring. He does a little trip on his way to the <laughs> ring, but manages to save it. Very impressive. Did, did I ever tell you my, my first, um, my return to wrestling and the first thing I did in an SEPW ring? Uh, I wasn't there for this, so I didn't see it, but I, I caught the later matches. <laughs> so it was, the, it was the first Hustle and Heart show that SCPW ran. It was their first academy show. Oh, that far back. Okay. Yeah. And um, I was refereeing that day. Um, it was... You're quite Terry Funk. You've done at least two returns to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I need to wrestle this decade so I could have wrestled in three decades. <laughs> I need to do it. But um, So I, I was refereeing and I was wearing what can only be described as quite tight trousers <laughs> and yeah, um, as i got into the ring to referee i realized i didn't have as much give or flexibility in those trousers <laughs> so much so that i had to lift my leg to get through the middle rope and then i got my foot caught in it and almost tripped and landed on i, I know, luckily styled it out but almost tripped <laughs> to fall at the feet of mark blake <laughs> excellent did what you contemplate going oh i could do it like you know the world of sport boys used to do when they got a bit older and stand and be like one two with my fingers you say that the main event was a classic world of sport match so that's how i did the pinfalls and the counts i did one two for the end perfect oh i love it you styled it out though, right? When you oh, trip. well, I, I was refereeing other matches on the card, not just the main event. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Do you know the uh, name of this guy that introduces us to the show who always does the kind of like bits in between matches for AAA? I don't. I only know Shakira. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that next? the other girl? Yeah, whose name I've also been hideously Wait. made up her name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is really fucking racist. Holy shit. Well, it's Brit Rest, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the first Latin lady in this show, you're like, yeah, Shakira. <laughs> Her hips did not lie. I mean, honestly, it would, out of like out of context, it comes across horrifically bad. If you've seen the woman we're talking about, she does look a lot like Shakira. Similar you don't hair, similar size, similar. You look, don't need to back me up. <laughs> no, no, honestly, that is the truth. Anyway, so a very, very angry lady <laughs> comes out. <laughs> And is trying to force the crowd to chant. She is very insistent that the fans chant Lucha for them. So Lucha, Lucha. Because Kalisto was there. And the introduction guy, who I'm just going to call the introduction guy from now on, has to have his moment. So he talks and he talks and he talks. This is how we kick off all these AAA shows. Just endless talking. It's like, now we're not going to jump to, you know, a hot opener, <laughs> you know, an interesting promo. We're just going to have two people stand in the ring and be quite angry at the crowd and force them to chant for us because you know like one of her lines where she's like i'm gonna get louder and you've got to keep up with me hold on hold on hold on hold on so uh okay i'll do it now so this (laughs) this lady and her one-legged dress I was going Kenny Omega, but fine, other wrestling reference. Uh, reeking of desperation, says as suchly, 
Um, I'm going to sip my coffee so my throat doesn't hurt for this one. Hold on. Mmm. I'm going to keep you guys hyped up. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just going to be loud, like, this whole night. So you guys have to meet me and be at our level. Honestly. Right? <laughs> She's so angry. So if I'm loud, I want you guys to be louder, okay? <laughs> And I'm really loud. So this whole night, the more, the louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you. <laughs> I'm like, hang on a second. So the louder I am, the better wrestling they'll do. Isn't this the epitome of the problem with Mexican lucha? In that the fans have to do the work. Is that what you're saying? Because as far as I was concerned, surely the point is the performers do their fucking jobs and entertain the crowd to the point of making the crowd want to cheer. She's not wrong, though, if you look at the current WWE product. <laughs> if, if there were fans there to cheer, the wrestlers might not be shit. Uh, I haven't been watching it enough to comment. Is it bad? Or infected with COVID, it. which seems to be most of the roster. But like this woman, man. This is terrible. You don't start a show by admonishing your audience. She 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 had anger in her eyes. <laughs> and it takes what three matches for her to calm down a little bit. Uh, and considering it's a seven match card, <laughs> <laughs> and she kept so, talking over her male counterpart who was trying to do all the stuff the Spanish audience. Sorry for the to the Spanish speaking audience, and then she was like, "Shut up! I'm talking in English." Yeah speaking and talking over people matt striker's on commentary and he's joined by hugo savinovich as we talked about and uh yeah so you said to me before the pod right that you don't mind matt striker i'm not gonna say you're a fan of him because that's what you said (laughs) how dare you to be fair the matt striker stuff that i've experienced i didn't mind his work on smackdown Mm. i i enjoyed his work in lucha underground because it was in that setting that it worked and the fact that he has an understanding of lucha libre helps on commentary Does and it, he? the problem i found with matt striker's role on this show is as it was on fight tv if people had not watched triple a before a lot of what matt striker was having to do other than talk over hugo was to get over what triple a was the purpose of lucha okay, libre okay, okay. the mask and everything okay literally by him going oh if you've never seen triple a before this is this is this right he's going no one watches triple a i'll have to explain this bullshit wait you you've seen the buy rate before you <laughs> made that comment <laughs> the, the whole point right it's like i watch new japan fairly regularly at the moment i've discovered that the the time we get up and we do our morning meetings for wrestle talk is the same time new japan kick off so there's lots of me going huh what are we doing <laughs> because i'm watching new japan mostly <laughs> i'm kidding obviously i pay attention don't don't fire me ollie thank you um but <laughs> um, like they don't do that on commentary at all they never go oh if you've never seen new japan before this is why they're beating the shit out of each other you know they just call it like it's a product like it's the best thing in the world you know, if they did this with AAA, it'd be so much more endearing. It's like you're in on the conversation. You're part of the crew. You know what I mean? Rather than being made to feel separate the whole time. Like, I really, I find it annoying when people do that on shows. Of course I am. I've just had a lady shout at me and tell me that I have to cheer. Oh, yeah, I'm not part of the a. show. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm hired help. <laughs> so let's jump into our first match. We've got 
Chris Dickinson, who I thought was a Chris Masters like ripoff. Uh, well, yeah, it's fairly similar. Now you mention it, I think this guy is more mobile than Masters was. Yeah, he he's got more than like a Phil Nelson. Yeah, sure. And Mascarita Dorada versus <laughs> Demus. I think it's Demus or Demus. Demus, and save the best for last. And oh, Dave, it's Dave the Clown, isn't it? <laughs> Dave the Clown. I love Dave the Clown. It's usually what I call Purple Clown, but you know, his name's Dave, so it's Dave the Clown. It's fucking awesome. When I'm cleaning windows, I'm Dave the Clown. <laughs> you got that dodgy right. Spider-Man rip-off DVD off Dave the Clown's van, have you? Oh, right, I see. <laughs> this time next year, Rodders. <laughs> I'd love to see a Lucha Libre version of Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> Hola, Rodney. I mean, Los Cinco Circus are about as close as you're going to get, and he's part of the crew. Like, he's Dave the Clown is associated with murder clowns. He's my boy as far as I'm concerned. He's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Good old Dave the Clown. Lovely purple hair mm. on his mask. That's why I always used to refer to him as Purple Clown, because they never said his name, because he's like the third or fourth in line in Los Cinco Circus, or Psycho Circus if you're a Brit. <laughs> English, which they won't, English, whatever. Which they won't be if they were listening to a AAA podcast. Because remember, audience who are listening now, the more you cheer us, the better this podcast will be. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, the more T-shirts you buy, the better this podcast will be. Head over to Amazon.co.uk, oh. search World of Wrestling Podcast, and grab yourself a T-shirt. I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> Oh, I love the I fact love the when idea I... of forcing listeners to cheer so we do better podcasting. <laughs> That's fucking great. If you could maybe video yourselves and upload it to us on our Twitter feed at World of Rest Pod, that'd be great <laughs> as well. <laughs> I love when I break you on podcasts. It's oh, best. You made me choke on my coffee, you prick. <laughs> it's all love here. Okay. <sighs> oh. So immediately I noticed the commentary audio quality is not great. It's very peaky. How did you find it? Because I know you don't listen to headphones. You usually listen through your TV, don't you? Yeah, because I'm I'm old. Um, but what I did today, um, obviously, How does that mean you're old? Because I don't bother sitting and streaming stuff. I like watching it on a telly and sitting on my sofa and okay. taking taking stock of it. But All what right, I fair did, point, fair but point. what I did this time, because <laughs> I know you at great time and length uploaded um, a copy of, of the file here. But I also found it for free. No, on we YouTube. didn't. We wa- we watched it on a stream and <laughs> I didn't steal it. No, sorry. You you sent me the hyperlink for our. our um, our legitimate streaming service that we utilize. Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah. But I also found it for free on YouTube. If you just search AAA Invades NY, um, then you too can watch two hours and 40 minutes of this great show as well. And I thought, I'll watch this just in case it was different to what you um, you sent me. It wasn't. It was exactly the same, so I went back and watched some of that oh. as well. Cool. Did AAA upload it, or was it like someone ripped it? Um, it was not AAA who had uploaded this. <laughs> Fair point. Okay, glad to know that you know YouTube's, you know, copyright system works fucking brilliantly, doesn't guys? Yeah, good job. You know, well, that's that's because it's just revenge. Copyright doesn't exist in Mexico, so YouTube don't bother <laughs> copywriting AAA. Fair point. How disappointing is it that there was no copyright music tonight? I know that's why the, the association with TNA. I was looking to see what bad bootleg Tessa Blanchard music we get, and we got <laughs> Tessa Blanchard's actual music. Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, commentary explain how. Sorry, how the clowns have special intrigue in Mexico. It's a very interesting line to open on this conversation. Uh, Striker goes, 
We will see their opponents shortly. No pun intended, because Muscarita Dorada is a small person. He, I love the minis. Yeah, you like this commentator though, right? So Striker shouts out the Wu-Tang Clan on commentary. <laughs> and Hugo tells him to shut the fuck up and concentrate on the play-by-play. I like this Hugo guy. <laughs> I'd like JR and Hugo to commentate. <laughs> no nonsense. That would be genuinely good. No nonsense to the point, you know? Old school storytelling. I love it. I really enjoyed Hugo. I, yeah, can't, I can't remember how much I, I really enjoyed it. Ridiculously impressed. I'd love to see him do more English commentary so we can listen to it and understand, you know? You can see why he's so gamefully employed so many years. It's certainly better. I can't remember the name of the commentary duo on one of the early podcasts we did when we watched off, I think it was Triple Mania 25. With oh, the, just the two unknowns. Guy, wasn't yeah, it? God, it was awful. So at least even now, I know you're not a fan of Matt Stryker, but at least there was some degree of product knowledge to an extent. Mm. So, arm drags. <laughs> Stryker stepping all over Hugo on commentary because he's a douchebag. Hugo is having to constantly correct Stryker's pronunciation of all the wrestlers' names. Uh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm sure I get names wrong too, but I'm not the English commentator for AAA. <laughs> you, <know>? like, <laughs> you would have thought you'd learn the fucking names. Uh, Come on, tell well, me I'm wrong. Well, it's a very difficult language. <laughs> <laughs> this matches everything AAA. Scary clowns, Sito wrestler, random American, shitty commentator, arm drags, dives, head scissor spots, botchy as fuck. It's fucking great. <laughs> I love I love AAA. Literally, you could take that list of the same things and just repeat them for every single match tonight. It's it's so botchy. Everything. There, there are nonsense. Th- there are three storylines going into this card though, and I will get to right. those at, for each of the matches where we have the storyline. So don't so, you worry. So we've. Okay, just just, give me, just indulge me. We followed Demon Wagner for the main event, right? Yep. So that's a storyline, okay? What are the other two? Tyre and Tessa. Okay, yeah, good. That's, yeah, it's, it's not really very AAA, though, is it? It crosses over from that and, and impact. And yeah. then you've got the Cain Velasquez storyline, following his debut, his sign of AAA, and also basically burying professional wrestling, and was then... Um, attacked verbally by um, Los, Los Mercenarios but we'll get this to the This is the, the point where I wish I had my camera on just so you could see my face and you said Cain Velasquez is a storyline into himself. <laughs> what? I mean, but you never know. Was it Cain Velasquez with the mask on? <laughs> Imagine if it was like Conan. <laughs> Conan just goes and gets ink to look like Cain Velasquez just to make sure his boy gets over. <laughs> oh, fucking great. So uh, the finish comes when Deja Vu times four by Mascarita on Demus gets the one, two, three. And your winners are Chris Dickinson and Mascarita Dorada in the opening match. Um, so, you know, Babyface is going over in the opener. Sito Wrestler gets the pinfall on a big demon looking dude. Yeah, triple A. Triple A. <laughs> Absolutely. So post-match, Hugo does his own outro line and to lead into the next video package. And as he's about to do so, Matt Stryker can't stop himself from constantly <laughs> fucking talking. So the director just goes, all right, and cuts him off. <laughs> we cut to the video package. And I'm like, thank you, Mr. Director. Thank you very much. He exactly was just excited video- <laughs> to be <there. laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, I'm completely Matt Strykering you. I was just going to say, he was, he, Matt Stryker's really happy to be there because he's happy to have a job. Yeah, sure. I mean, he seems like he's having a great time, but it looks like he's... um, It's like someone's gone, you have to get them hyped up. They have to make sure they enjoy it. 
and he's trying too much for the first, let's say, three matches. Because he yeah. just keeps coming up with these random bits of bullshit that aren't relevant to what's happening. I wonder how much of that, again, is down to chemistry with um, Hugo. Because, again, I don't know if they've worked together <laughs> um, before. <laughs> We've seen him with that Juggalo guy. We've seen Matt Stryker with Vampiro. We've seen Matt Stryker with Hugo Savinovich. He shit every time, dude. <laughs> like, it's not chemistry. It's Matt Stryker. Ah, well, agree to disagree, but there <laughs> are <wrong>. some... <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same video package we saw open the show. Hooray! After one match. Same video package, guys. It's nice to get adverts from Cirque du Soleil into your shows. <laughs> and sure. That's... And as spooty as the opening pyro is, we get even spootier air cannons this time because they're a bit cheaper to run, I think. Um, they then, did it the wrong way, didn't they? They should have done the air cannons first and the pyro for the main sh- main show because I got the impression this might have been pre-show-esque, pre-show fodder possibly. Could have been. I'm not sure. They didn't mention it on commentary, did they? And I didn't find like any other matches that weren't broadcast. So no. I'd say. But the match feels like pre-show fodder, but I mean, what AAA match doesn't, to be totally honest? <laughs> the main event. Oh, hang on, wait. The main events always have a unique feel to them. Normally with the same <laughs> two luchas in it <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, sure. It's it's restricted to a bunch, let's say, five veterans, and then maybe three top-of-the-card guys. It's a very weird system in AAA. Yeah, if you we've said before, if it's not the right family, you're not going to make it in AAA, are you? Yeah, I counted at least four big families in AAA recently. As in, like on this card, there's like all the clown guys are pretty much one family, as far as I'm aware. Um, you've got the Wagner family lot, and there are extensions as well. You've then got you know the three guys in pleather. Yep. Like they're a family, and they've got other family members throughout this. That's at least four, I think I mentioned, right? Yeah, we're there. Yeah, it's it's very incestuous, AAA, and Mexican lucha in general. I guess it's that whole closed door thing, yeah? At least they've still... Ke- and one of the things I do still like about the whole family thing being running AAA is that the kayfabe element of the masks is still <laughs> really... stays behind closed doors, you mean? Yeah, love it. <laughs> oh, fucking terrible. So anyway, this lovely... like This lovely one-legged lady... God, I can't say that. This <laughs> one lovely one-legged lady. dressed lady... That's better. And her compadre, the introduction guy from the beginning of the show, do lots of talking and tell us off for not cheering enough, as you might expect. Um, They're a lovely bunch, aren't they? They're trying. <laughs> so our next match is a six-person tag team match of Drago... Yes, come on, let's go, Drago. Fabi Apache, I remember being quite fun last time. And da 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 It's Murder Cloud! Yay! The best wrestler to ever lace up a pair of boots. Fucking A, brother. Uh, and they are going to be wrestling against... Boo! <laughs> Impact Tag Team Champion. One half of the North, I think they're called. Josh yep. Alexander. Yep. It's the North, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my first time seeing him, I think. Unless nice, he's been on a podcast before. Nice wrestling headset for him. Yeah, sure. The old school, you know. I'm so, I'm so happy of my, my note for the next one. <laughs> Unbreakable <What>? Michael Elgin. <laughs> Unbookable Michael Elgin. <laughs> <laughs> and Sammy Callahan. 
Fuck uh, me, Michael Elgin needs to get someone to de- design in some better gear if he ever ever doesn't get booked again. Jesus yeah, Christ. The, the dumbbell buttons on the, the pleather jacket thing. Like, ooh. Like the GCSE textile project. <laughs> <laughs> I've often thought how bad it looked. I'm glad you brought it up. Unbookable so, uh, Michael Elgin is the best example of a wrestler with small man syndrome. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm just not going to talk about him. Let's go. So, Murder Clown, Wee. Murder Clown, Murder Clown. Hugo putting over our boy Murder Clown, strong on commentary to start with, talks about him being a super heavyweight lucha. And it's nice to see that Murder Clown seems to have been pushed a bit since we last saw him. He's, dirt, he's certainly got some ago. more chops. <laughs> <laughs> so, my immediate question going into this match was, how is Murder Clown going to catch Drago when they're on the same team? My thought process was, where the hell is Aerostar going to jump from? He's not even on the card. <laughs> is he going <laughs> to jump from later. the aeroplane going over New York and Murder Clown's going to catch him? You know Aerostar's on the card later, right? Yeah. Like, I just thought I'd check that you didn't completely miss him somehow. Because, I mean, his face is LEDs. So. Ah, Ali. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, speaking of uh, Drago, uh, holy shit, the gear. I'm copycat, so copycat. What do you mean? I like gold. Oh, no, sorry, I'm getting confused. No, no, Dargo, no, 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 you're sorry. getting confused. Drago. Yeah, sorry, I was the, going Drago for the next match. Sorry, my the apologies. fucking dragon. <laughs> You <laughs> Tax Williams comes out as a dragon at the next show. <laughs> Seriously, can we talk about this gear? I mean, it's so cool. I'd like to stand him next to Michael Elgin, and then someone goes, "No, the same person designs their gear." <laughs> For those of you that don't know, like it's a fully molded mask that covers his whole head that makes him look like a fucking dragon. And he's got like the shoulder pieces and all the gear. It looks fucking hell, man. Every time I see him, I'm like, this is so many levels above any other gimmick right now. Best gear on the card, bar none. Yeah, for sure. How's it? I think uh, Adam in one of his videos compared it to like, you know how Ultimo Dragons, a dragon that, um, you know, will tell you he's a dragon and he'll wrestle or whatever. Um, but then, like, Drago is the kind of dragon that like, will tell you he's a dragon. Then there'll be a long-winded court case afterwards <laughs> about what he did pretending to be a dragon, you know? <laughs> oh, he just needs to start breathing fire, steamboat style, and then I'm he, oh. all in. But he's Talk fantastic, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely. is in-ring character. He's got it absolutely done. Even down to his little nuances as he moves around the ring. Hmm. He's in- insanely good. Incredible. Like one of the greatest high flyers of all time. It's so underrated, especially with that gear and that gimmick. And fuck, man, we need to see more of this man and everything. Like, please book Drago everywhere. I do have to question. Prefer though, be with Murder Clown. So, yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, obviously, you know, this, I'm just trying to set myself up my own my own pops and my own jokes. But it's really important now after what we started this podcast with to see who should be AAA safeguarding officer. Because why is Michael Elgin allowed near a woman? <laughs> Sure. And allowed to hit her. <laughs> so, Murder Clown throws a fool to the outside as the match kicks off. Murder Clown puts on a technical, entertaining masterpiece to open the match. 619 by the Murder Clown. 
Fucking A, the boy can fly. Yes. Top rope dive by Murder Clown. Fucking hell, he's the best big man in the business. If I was he's... Murder Clown, I'd be like, who's going to catch me? <laughs> you don't need no one. He's Where's Dave? Good. He's like the perfect combination of like Bam Bam Bigelow, like Mick Foley, <laughs> like a clown, you know? Just for again, for people who are listening and think we just joke about Murder Clown, he is genuinely really, really good. He's insanely good. Like, he will constantly rescue everyone that takes a dive. He'll constantly catch them. So he's the most reliable, caring, you know, guy you want to be in the ring with. He never dumps anyone on the head, like every other cunt on this roster. (laughs) But he flies, he can do technical shit, he can lucha, his gimmick's awesome, he's humongous. I think the the Bam Bam, I think the Bam Bam comparison is really, really accurate if you've never seen Murder Clown wrestle. Absolutely. Again, Bam Bam, I think, is one of the most underrated guys of all time as well. So, yeah, works. So, these dumb fucks from TNA almost murder the murder clown. What a bunch of cunts. <laughs> you know when the guy from the, the North? Yeah, Josh like, Alexander. S- slams into him when he's sitting on the hardest part of the ring. And I'm like, you bastards, leave our boy alone. I hate TNA. Mm. What do you think of uh, Sammy Callahan? Oh, I I enjoyed Sammy Callahan pre-NXT. I quite liked his hacker gimmick in NXT, but since he's left then and did the whole baseball bat to Eddie Edwards' eye and then became the draw, then hung around with the OVE and the other nonce, Jake Chris. You've been watching Impact. Gotta do my research. I'm a podcaster. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Based on my promotion email, so I'm certainly not a fucking an accountant. <laughs> getting all the little dicks in i love it i'm sure i'm sure um filling bleep name of accountancy practice the partner of the firm who sent the email will definitely be listening to this podcast and go oh i really like this one. oh he's just buried me for my shit ass email <laughs> oh oh uh, god if that's played back to you in court one day that'd be great so stuff happens in the ring while murder clown applauds his team and does an amazing <laughs> job of getting this match over by showing us how much he cares about what the others are doing Murder Clown cheers his team as everyone does flip-de-doo bullshit. Murder Clown slaps the hardest part of the ring like a fucking champ. Sammy Callahan does some cheating bullshit and Murder Clown <laughs> has a go at the ref. <laughs> that fucking human piece of shit Michael Elgin attacks Murder Clown on the outside. And I'm like, referee, disqualified, right? Yeah. Also, there's not a woman in there, Michael Elgin. That's Murder Clown. <laughs> <laughs> The, the other the other five people in the match run their boring spots while Murder Clown stands brooding, <laughs> ready to take the tag. <laughs> Tricking these TNA twats into a full sense of superiority. You know, psychology, mate. <laughs> the cunt that is Michael Elgin continues to attack the greatest wrestler of all time on the outside. Fabi Apache, finally, the slow prick, makes the tag to Murder Clown. Who else? <laughs> They have to triple team these TNA douchebags. Triple team Murder Clown. I'm like, scumbags, what are you doing? Leave him alone. Masterful choke stand by the MC. Just like, he's the best. I'm just calling him the, the MC, MC now because he's my mate. <laughs> <laughs> Our first Canadian destroyer of the night. Code Red. Dives, etc, etc. Flippy Samoan fireman death bomb by the Murder Clown. What a legend. <laughs> Honestly, he's going for like a Samoan drop and kind of fucks it up, I think. But, you know, flippy Samoan fireman's death bomb, that works for me. And interestingly, as you said, 
Murder clown doesn't hurt people. So even though it might have been a little bit botchy, safe landing for everyone involved. Sure. Flat back bump, you know? It's it's just he got a bit of a spin, which I don't think he meant to do, to be honest. Got excited. Innovation. <laughs> Working with these big names and some people from TNA. <clears throat> Murder clown then basically, Eddie Guerrero style, German suplexes himself for Michael Elgin's purpose. Because <laughs> Michael Elgin couldn't get above Murder Clown's hip. <laughs> In fairness, actually, no. We 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 we've gave, we gave Dorada the opportunity and gave him the credibility of being a mini. So it's really nice that we should give the Michael Elgin the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mean, so funny. Air murder clown, tope con hilo. That is a big man tax. That is a strong, hard boy. Took them all out like an absolute champ. It's a 300-pound man doing a tope con hilo over the top rope. He's fucking awesome. He's probably been watching The Last Ride. <laughs> does Taker do something? Sometimes uh, he does topes. I mean, uh, not a tope con hilo. He doesn't flip over. Here's an interesting question for... Oh, I say an interesting so question. Just hang on, hang on. So we're agreeing that Murder Clown's better than The Undertaker, right? Yeah, obviously. Hands down. Good, good, good. Carry on. <laughs> do you know how old Murder Clown is? Um... Ageless. There we go. <laughs> he's <Immortal>. 34. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew he was getting on a bit, but like... Hey, fuck so you. <laughs> We're both 34. I don't want to wrestle constantly old, every night. I'm, I'm older than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're only a bit older, though. Yeah, I'm 36 years young. I referred to myself as middle-aged the other day, and I was like, whoops. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not there yet. You're now in your mid-mid-30s at 34. When I turn 37 this year, I'm going to be in my early-late 30s. <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. Wait, oh, am I middle aged? I guess I kind of am. Hmm. You're in your mid thir- you're in your early mid thirties at thirty four. <sighs> <So, laughs> I'll get my pivot table out. <laughs> <laughs> Elgin the fuckface twat blag has to low blow murder clown. Does his <laughs> shitty power bomb, god generic douchebag. For the one, two, three. Mm, let's just forget about how it happened. So Murder Clown Murder Clown won the match. Yeah. Murder Clown won. I mean well, let's put it this way. He didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> but like they always say in wrestling, you can win without but you can win by taking the pin as well. A murder clown just outshone yeah, most people on this card. Genuinely, yeah, yeah. not just because of our fandom. It was he stood out in a good way. He was like really out of place in this match, out wrestled every single one else. And don't get me wrong, like Drago's fantastic, but he didn't really have much to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Didn't compare to Murder Clown. No. No, no. Can't do flips. Like, he's shit compared to Murder Clown. Murder Clown looks like fucking, you know, an absolute legend out there. He's graceful. He's gracious. He's generous. I would like he's to watch murder, murder Clown take part in Mexican Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> uh, anything. Uh, yeah, you could be on any show ever. A main event against Okada in Tokyo Dome, please. That'd be perfect. Did you find I bet, out I bet that would actually be fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find out more about the game show? The AAA boys were on. No. That we, that we, I, I just haven't been able to find anything else about it other than Murder Clown being on a game show. Yeah, it was. It looked interesting. It looked like, uh, you know, those couples games you have to guess information about each other. Like, you know, we asked your partner. We asked Psycho Clown. Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> what his exactly. favourite chocolate was. You said, you said Milka. Fucking hell, Murder Clown. <laughs> El Milka. El Milka. <laughs> that sounded racist. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, five star match of the year contender, like all Murder Clown matches, no matter how shit TNA is, Murder Clown is here to save the day, even in noble, gracious defeat. I think you will agree, yeah? I think it's fair to say that Murder Clown had a five cornflake match at MSG. Absolutely. If you disagree... <laughs> If you disagree with us, if you're not a wrestling fan, don't listen to my fucking podcast anymore. Go away, okay? <laughs> oh, oh dearie me. Hang on. Oh. Can you hear that banging? It's probably a uh, Michael Elgin trying to escape prison. <laughs> <laughs> Can you genuinely hear it? No. Okay. We'll just carry on. I think my neighbor's doing some hammering, maybe. I'm not sure. Probably because it's upset that they bought, I don't know, Psycho Clown merch in error rather than Murder Clown merch. Speaking of which, if this ever gets to our boy Murder Clown, I'd very much like to buy your merchandise, sir. I messaged you twice on Twitter now. You did respond to me the first time, but not the second time. Do you think he listened to the pod and doesn't like us anymore? <laughs> we're, we're nothing but complimentary and genuine. Like I know that people think we're joking. He's fucking great. He's awesome. And he's really but- nice on Twitter. Maybe the problem is that we're not supposed to think he's nice. He's a his his name is Murder Clown. I don't think he's supposed to go. I really want this cuddly, good Technico image. <laughs> um, I think you will find, good sir, that at the beginning of this evening, Mister Striker and Mister Savinovich quoted that there is special intrigue in Mexico for clowns. <laughs> he is not a Rudo. He is a Technico, good sir. Mm, well. His name's Murder Clown. Yeah, it's like it's, his it's special it, intrigue, motherfucker. Did you not hear me? <laughs> Maybe people get confused and think when we talk to talk about Murder Clown, we're talking about Trump. Well, yeah, sure. Political, I like it. <laughs> Can we start a punk band now? I hate music. I've retired and sold all my gear. <laughs> Wrestling, music, politics. It's all out the window. I'm done with it. I look forward to when I give up on Warhammer and just start, I know... <laughs> Horticultural gardening. I mean, they did make Age of Sigma. Are we going to just skip over that? Let's skip over it. (laughs) (laughs) Four-way match to become the number one contender for the Triple H. Triple H? The Triple A? That's very different things. World Cruiserweight Championship. It's Aerostar. We'll talk about him in a second. Versus, oh, he's a nice kitty. Puma King. Versus Daga, D-A-G-A, rip-off merchant, and Flamita. So, let's just uh, let's do it in order, okay? We'll get there. Don't I know I know you're bursting at the seams to have a go at Daga right now, but like, let's give it a second. So, Aerostar has an aerosol and a lighter, like a fucking chav in a graveyard. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> like a chav in a graveyard. <laughs> just a uh, child of memories flooding back to me there, you know? Love it. To, to get to my school, right? So we lived up on a hill. The posh bit. <laughs> you had to come down the hill. <laughs> uh, and then go through the town and then back up the other side of the the other side of the town, up a hill to get to my school. And basically, like, did you, was your school in your house, basically the posh parts, which were high up in case there was flooding where all the reprobates would drown? Uh, essentially, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I love North your London, style. So it's like, you know, North London doesn't really flood because it's high up anyway. You know, as you come into London from the north, you go Only down. Only through the, the blood time. of gun crime. <laughs> well, yeah, that and hate crimes and smog, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, was I ta- why was I talking about my school? Someone- oh, yeah. And there was, a, there was a big churchyard that you have to walk through. 
that you had the option of walking through the graveyard. And like being a good boy, I tended not to because that's all the kids that like, you know, smoked and all this sort of shit. But I remember one vivid Friday night coming out of a gig that we'd played at. It was in a hall next to that. And they were just like chavs to there with like aerosols and lighters. Be like, yeah, mate, fucking hell. It's like a fucking flow flow, isn't it? And like, this is a great way to live. So yeah, that's Aerostar. So <laughs> flip de whoop de dip de doos. Uh, what has happened to Aerostar? Uh, to me, he looks a bit like the drug addict recovery version of the wrestler I remember previously. It wasn't in a good way, was he? No, he's all in black, which is a bit weird, with some blue LEDs glued to his mask. Um, I wondered whether he was Rudo Star, but he's not acting like it. He's acting like a Technico still. Do you want to know what a, another thing to go show how far he's fallen? Mm. So... I, on the match listing, which I, because obviously they're all source of everything, rather than looking cage match, sometimes I look through um, Wikipedia to do my research. And the hyperlink for Aerostar has been removed from Aerostar the Wrestler and is now set to Aerostar SA, is an aeronautical manufacturing company based in Baku, Romania. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's weird. I think someone's just messed around with the links. But yeah, Aerostar. Apparently, Daga wrestled Puma King and Flamita and a Romanian airline. <laughs> Good to know. So, is it Daga that has the furry boots? Fuck you, Daga. About to say, because I wrote it down. Oh, I'm thinking. Well, no, Daga had, gold, Daga had gold pants. Gold pants, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking of something else later. Sorry. So. Tyre has furry boots. She's yeah, allowed. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, hmm. they're, they're very similar to yours. Well, remember, she grew up and <laughs> slept on floors, Rich. She slept on I floors. Forgot. <laughs> I forgot completely. You know, that abusive wrestling industry. What a horrible place. <laughs> Good old Johnny um, Mundo. So, these lads are literally doing 450s as transi- transitional spots to no pop. This was Cirque du Soleil. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. It's it's. There's not even any clowns in this one. No, uh, Flamita, hot pink. That was a good good look for him. Sure. I mean, it's amazingly impressive in terms of athletic ability and such. And it's you know they're going for the world cruiserweight championship. Technically, it's now been defended in other countries, so it is a world title. Sure. And I guess you you come to a AAA show. You see Aerostar, Puma King, Daga and Flamita are going to be wrestling each other. You're not exactly expecting William Regal masterclass here. You know what I mean? No. And, they, you know, let's be honest, you've got the opportunity to wrestle a Laredo kid. So if you if you win, that's who you get to face for the belt. Sure. Which is a good thing, right? Yeah. What happened I, to um, El Hijo de uh, Vikingo? Oh, I don't know. Because he was a massive standout for me on the last Cup Future Play shows we did. And he's not on this anywhere. You would have thought he'd be a prime attraction. Visa issue, maybe? Could be. Absolutely. I wonder whether that's why he hasn't come up to AEW or WWE yet. Because you would have thought he'd be primed. Well, they've got um, Phantasma now in WWE as um, Escobar, haven't they? Or is that what they've changed his name to? Yeah, so- something Escobar and his faction name is Phantasma. Okay. Oh, fair enough. They they don't like Lucha Mask, do they? Vince loves to see a face. Unless it can sell merch like Rey Mysterio. Hmm, sure. I mean, yeah, you would have thought that 
to want to sell masks would be up there. But I guess they had such bad experience in Mystico and such generally a good experience with Andrade. You know, those two guys are very comparable. Top guys, AAA or CMLL, you know. I, Andrade hands down, but the, again, even when even they signed, dude. granted he was a bit <laughs> past it, but Ultimo Dragon. Sure. As well, they've not done well with masked people, but then they do have the Lucha House Party, as we kept hearing throughout this show. Lucha, Lucha. <laughs> Lucha, Lucha. So, um, slapping people on the back of the head seems to be the comedy way of breaking up a pinfall in AAA. There's at least four matches where it happens, and you're like, it gets a pop every time, so you can see why they do it, but it's not got much logic behind it. Saves the leg slap. <laughs> for yeah, a super sure. Kick. So, um, tax. These lads know all the spots. They certainly don't know a rest hold, though, do they? <laughs> Wheelbarrow runner off the top by <laughs> Dugger to Puma King. Double underhook suplex set up, then set down into a long blower. Looks fucking awesome. For the one, two, three. And your winner is Dugger. He definitely um, hasn't been getting pushed because of who he's engaged to. Not at all. engaged to? Tessa Blanchard. Oh, I did not know that. Which is why she's not been part of TNA, because her contract was due up the day, I think it was the day before Slammiversary, and they've been sending her, as I'm sure you've probably seen through your your work, they've been sending her promos to record while she's down in Mexico with Daga, and basically she's been ignoring all the emails and done nothing, so that's why they sacked her, <laughs> taken the belt wow. up back off her. Yeah, I saw that happen, but I didn't know quite why. That's, that's interesting, man. I, I just can't keep up with it all at the moment. There's so much to do, you know. So anyway, just, so, uh, we'll get to Tessa in a bit, yeah. But yeah, so Daga going on to wrestle Laredo Kid. That's a later yeah. date. It was probably the best spots of the night. It's very impressive technically, but there's significant amounts of setup time, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, people standing opposite each other going, so what's the next spot? Oh yeah, we're going to do the, the bouncy off the ropes, lucha arm drag thing. You run up the turnbuckle, we'll do the 450 off the top. I'll, I'll no-sell the pinfall and then we'll go up from there, you know? And then they do it and then they stop and go, right, what's the next bit? <laughs> they have to spend two minutes working out what they're going to do next. And it happens constantly throughout this match. Did you also notice what Daga also won? What did he win? So he became number one contender, yeah. but also by pinning uh, Puma King, he became the Iron Man heavy metal weight champion... Oh, the DDT and one. Correct. What the fuck? I didn't notice that at all. Yep. He he won that by pinning Puma King. Amazing. Yeah. I was having a thought about DDT because I watch lots of DDT when we do it for the pod and I watch kind of bits in between and stuff. Um, but I follow all their English accounts and their translation accounts and stuff. I think some of them are fan accounts maybe that say what's happening in DDT. So you can kind of keep up with the ideas at least. It's a bit hard to talk about, as we've discovered in our podcast. Um, but I was thinking about, with all the allegations and stuff that have come out about people, imagine if these people watched one <laughs> match from uh, Dan Shuko Dino. be amazing, wouldn't it? Because I'm not sure they would get it, you know? I'm not sure many Japanese people get it. It is kind of sexual assault for entertainment sometimes <laughs> <laughs> oh beautiful but somehow mm. it's acceptable to me 
It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Simply put. It's, it's, yeah, you have to see it and understand it to understand why it's okay. But it's, it's, um, it's comedy. It's the Three Stooges. It's slapstick silliness, you know? I did do a bit more research into the DDT belt element of this, by the way, just so, uh, just so you are aware why it was so non-advertised and why you may have not picked it up. All right. So, Daga won by pinning Puma King, but throughout the night of this show, there would be title changes. Okay. So there would be stuff knocking around. There'd be another. I think this, from what I'm reading now, because obviously I read that he won the belt through my research. I didn't realize what was going on. And then just doing a little bit further of a sweet chat, there was another fatal four way that evening, which was between Daga, Puma King, um, Dorada, and someone else. Oh, like I made, a dark match. Yeah. Oh. But after this, eh, interesting. Yeah. Took place in the Fatal Four Way number one contender match. Yeah. Anyway, so apparently, unless my my linkage is incorrect, and you know, let's not judge it. Aero stars an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> so post match. Uh, this lovely one-legged dressed lady actually compliments the crowd for the first time. She's starting to finally relax. But Lady Lozak is an amazing thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this happens between every match. Like They just come out and talk for ages and try and get the crowd hyped up. But every time they do it, the crowd seems to die a little bit. But I guess they've learned that they have to have something in between the matches. Otherwise, the crowd just practically silent for most Lucha because it's so repetitive. And it's a big sw- there's a big gap between these matches. I yeah. don't know if there was an interval. I guess not for Fight TV. I think it would just run start to finish with these bits. Um, Fight TV have done intervals for shows before. I think for like GCW and things like that. Um, so, I mean, they could do it for AAA as well. I mean, it wouldn't be much of a problem, but they've got to sell the merch and bars got to make its profit and all that sort of shit. You know? yeah. But I guess there's lots of people drinking at this show trying to get through it, you know? Not at New York prices. <laughs> oh, that's a fair point. Anyway, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to mention them in between every match from now on, but you get the point. It was funny to start with. Now it's just kind of a bit cringy and a bit kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> so next up, we've got our AAA Reina de Reina's title match, the Queen of Queens. The uh, Tessa Blanchard, the current champion versus Tyre Valkyrie. Wow, what uh, a story champion. leading into this match. <laughs> Go for it. Can you explain the story to me? So Tyre had been in and out of impact uh, for part of 2018. She'd resigned full-time in September of 2018 where she came in to challenge Tessa Blanchard for the Impact Knockout Women's, whatever they call it, title. Um, and they had their match at Bound for Glory. And Tessa won by cheating. I think it was foot on the ropes or hand on the ropes or something like that. A few, weeks later, a few weeks later, Ty Valkyrie got her rematch, which was again won by Tessa Blanchard, who had attacked the referee and got herself disqualified. So shady Rudos. heel tactics. Yeah, I was about to say. That led all the way up to homecoming in January, where Tyre finally beat um, Tessa Blanchard with assistance of special guest referee Gail Kim. Cool, nice. They had a rematch. Um, well, sorry, the rematch from homecoming was booked for AAA for the uh, Reynas Disreynas Championship. So basically, it's f- for 12 months they've been feuding over the TNA belt. They've been doing a bit of a switcheroo. Tessa's a dastly heel. Tyre Valkyrie lived on floors. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. So my cat's having a bit of an asthma attack in the background, by the way. She's fine, but it'll be all right. Similar to Murder Clown, your cat having asthma attacks is a, a staple of the pod. <laughs> yeah, it's a one or two, isn't it? So um, I expect this to be good, to be honest, coming into it, because I know both women can wrestle. They're really, really good, and I like the characters as well. Um, I like one solid face in Tyre and one solid heel in Tessa. Um, yeah. I thought you were about to say Tessa's got one solid face. <laughs> well, <laughs> no comment. So um, Tessa is wearing all gold this evening, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a ripoff of my boy tax. Um, I mean, I can't do but... the bum wiggle and the wink like she does, but I'm going to try it next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. But Tyre, um, I mean, both of them look awesome, to be fair. The ring gear is really on point. Like, Tess looks great in gold, like, you know, main event kind of like caliber level gear almost, you know. And then Tyre has these kind of Mexican color onesie type thing with tax level furry boots. And I, I immediately just like, huss, 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 every time <laughs> I see furry boots now. I would love to see, like, Tyre come into WWE at some point and they go, you know what we need you to do, Tyre? <laughs> hook up with the Viking Raiders and become like female berserker. <laughs> She'd be great in the role. She'd be really funny. Tessa Blanchard now, she's a free agent before we get into this match. Yeah. Obviously, there's some controversy about some of the things she's allegedly said. Uh-huh. Do you think she would be more valuable, not where she's going to go, which women's division needs her more, if any? The WWE women's division or the AEW women's division needs someone like Tessa Blanchard to go into it? I mean, it's obvious that it's AEW, right? Because WWE don't need any women's wrestlers at all. They've got almost every good women's wrestler in the world right now that isn't Japanese, you know? It makes sense. My thought process, unfortunately, with AEW being very community-based, had Tully not been there... Yeah. I don't think Tony Khan would have touched her because of the controversy around her. Because mm-hmm. they seem to be very much a family orientated, other than Brandy and Cody bickering about Diet Coke on Twitter, which is hilarious. If you've seen any of that, I haven't. No, sorry. Brandy just absolutely smashed him <laughs> on Twitter. Fair enough. But um, is she pro Diet Coke or anti Diet Coke? Oh, it's it's nothing to do with that. He basically Cody oh. was complaining that she'd bought like the tiny little cans of Diet Coke, and sure. so, like, when's my wife going to start buying me these proper sized cans of Diet Coke? And Brandy just responded straight away, quoting the tweet, going, "When you actually don't take two sips out of one giant can of Coke and leave them around the house for me to clear up, then I'll buy you proper cans of Diet Coke." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. That's funny. I love it. But I I think the pr- Tessa would make more money and would have more mainstream appeal in WWE, but they wouldn't be able to use her or utilize her. The problem I find with AEW is where she's such a powerful and strong and experienced competitor, where they've got quite a young, non-experienced TV roster for the women's enough, division. Yeah. I, I feel they'd struggle. And also, she'd have to come in as a heel because I think her heel work is spectacular. Mm-hmm. And they can't have anyone try and take away from what Britt Baker's doing with her. Like, she's wheelie good. <laughs> good. Thanks. Uh, I Thanks. Think I was. I was thinking um, when I heard Tessa was free, I wasn't sure whether she goes to either uh, the American promotions, just because of the uh, controversial statements she's apparently made and all this sort of shit. People have accused her of being a bully and things like that, haven't they? Um, but it seemed obvious she would go to AEW just because there's more opportunity there for her. Uh, there's a more open roster that she could start to stomp on, basically. And the fact her dad's there were the only reasons I thought that she would. But you can see why, as a woman right now, you'd want to go to WWE. Better caliber matches across the board. 
you're generally this is quite a statement you're generally booked better as a woman on wwe even though they're booking's a bit shit at the moment and you are going to be jobbed out to charlotte flair at some point um you know in AEW, she could be the big fish in the, the growing pond you know in wwe it's like you're going to make a buttload of money as tessa blanchard i'm sure um but yeah i don't know how much vince would want to book her she's not the most glamorous of looking people in the world you know I think with her links to AAA being engaged to Daga, who seems to be an a decent upcomer, a good role in AAA, I sure. wonder if it's been more likely that she'd have a deal where she could work Mexico and AEW. Yeah, like Luch Bros and stuff like that. It would make sense to me. Um, I would say the I keep hearing a lot that she's WWE bound, so we'll see if that comes true or not. There'd be more money in WWE. Yeah. Um, Tessa, Tessa, oh God, come on, Tessa, 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 Tessa speaks Spanish and shouts at the crowd. Awesome, see someone multilingual working for a AAA crowd. You know, really fun. Uh, the match is a lot less lucha and a lot more kind of American indie strong style. I'd say that strong style was the note that I had down here. It was very, it stood out from the card because of something different. It was essentially this was the work rate match. Yeah. Absolutely. The last, the last, uh, the four way has a bunch of work rate as well, but this is really the highest caliber of actual wrestling. Um, Best psychology for in ring work. Disqualifies it from being a AAA match, you know? It was a decent level impact match in, in MSG, Hulu, um, for the best Mexican wrestling company. It, it's still MSG. <laughs> <laughs> So that, uh, that'll be like me saying, "Oh yeah, I played the O2." <laughs> You've worked a bigger crowd than WrestleMania, mate. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I worked a bigger crowd than WrestleMania when I played Lady Luck. <laughs> yeah, <fair laughs> I mean, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel that pain so hard. So the second destroyer of the show uh, by Blanchard to almost no reaction. To be fair to the crowd, uh, Taya uh, connects with her finisher. Hugo calls it. Almost like a face buster mat, <laughs> which made me pop crazy. Do you know the name of this finisher? Because I sure as hell don't. No, I don't. I'm afraid. It's like um, like the widow's peak, but a bit less dangerous front ways rather than back ways. I wonder if I can quickly find it. No, because they used to have move sets Ooh. knocking around. Didn't Beth Phoenix used to use it? She did, but they called it the glam slam. Yeah, that's the one. I was trying to think of what to call it so people know what the move looks like. I doubt they care at this point. For the one, two, three, and new Triple A Reña de Reña's champion, Taya Valkyrie. Uh, I sadly still can't like Taya Valkyrie because she's oh. married to John Morrison. Is she now? So she's parkour by association. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like it. We've got lots of gimmicks now. I've noticed this recently. (laughs) We're wrestling fans. Of course, we love gimmicks and creating our own gimmicks. Why do you think I got back into wrestling? I had this idea of being a really angry accountant rather than fucking Kenny Rock. And I was like, (laughs) you know, it'd be good. I've got this briefcase. How will I use this? Get back in the wrestling ring with a briefcase. Fucking A. So um, it's it's a great Rather than some cunt trying to extort me for money at an IPW show. Hi, inverted commas, Johnny. So Close the match. Commas. Stop it, stop it, stop it. So the match is really, really good, right? It's it's probably one of the best matches, like wrestling matches on the show. I'd say it is the best wrestling match. Yeah. But it's this kind of dead spot in the card, three matches in. So the crowd really aren't into it so much. 
Um, they're not really here for good wrestling either. Uh, following the flippy stuff of Daga, Puma, Aerostar, Air, and Flamita, mm. yeah, it's it was a difficult spot to be in. And then you know you're getting into the big three matches after this. Yeah, absolutely. So post match, they kind of embrace, and everyone's like happy, happy. And then Tessa, being an awesome heel that she is, jumps tire post match. Uh, I enjoyed it. Nice change of pace. Good storytelling and leaves more on the table for a, for the feud to continue because they they've got good chemistry. They work well together. Hey Tax. Ahoy. Are you ready for a race war? <laughs> Hang on, the nation aren't here. <laughs> the Bariquas are though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we're all Mexican here. <laughs> Commentator lady, Jesus. So weird, isn't it? So. The one leg dress woman, etc., etc., etc. They go, Viva Mexico! And they almost start a race war between the Mexicans and the Bariquas, where they're going, Oh, yeah, we're all Mexican here. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so it's, it's, we haven't mentioned it's Ma- Me- Mexican National Independence Day or something. Yeah. And so they're all celebrating Mexico, there's Mexican flags everywhere. And the next match is a AAA World Tag Team title match. Of the Lucha Brothers of Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., fucking A, who are current champions, versus formerly known as the LAX, the Latin American Exchange, now known as the Proud and Powerful, or just Ortiz and Santana, as everyone else knows them. Uh, so you've got Mexico versus Puerto Rico here, and they don't shy away from mentioning this a few times before this match starts. Well, there's no storyline going into this match, so they've got to try and find. Um... Find some form of heat for you these, these, uh, for these Latino boys. people over here. They're not the same as these Latino people. Don't cheer them. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit creepy. It's a bit weird. Get your engine started for a politically race-charged wrestling match. Yeah, odd. So um, going in, I'm like, genuinely, I love both these tag teams. This should be a lot of fun. Yes, they do a lot of spots and they don't sell very much. They don't really do much storytelling. But just in terms of AAA entertainment, let's see what these guys can do. It's kind of the attitude I was going in with. I I imagine the attitude you were going in with was slightly different. I have a very unpopular opinion that I think Penta was at his best when he was in Lucha Underground as a solo. You're not wrong. He was more dangerous back then, but he was doing yeah. more dangerous spots and stuff. He's a bit safer nowadays, which I'm very grateful for. I say a bit <laughs> because he did some fucked up shit stuff. But yeah, you're not wrong. They've definitely um, settled into life a little bit. Fenix, I think, is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Penta is a really good gimmick. Penta's a great gimmick. Penta has now realized as well, though, as you said, from being dangerous, now working smart, Penta does three moves, a dangerous finisher and a hand gesture for the whole match. Yeah, yeah. And which is which is super good. entertaining. And LAX, well, they're not Hernandez and Homicide, are they? So just fakers, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I, I liked them as the LAX gimmick. I think they adapted to it very, very quickly and very well, like that match with uh, Ricky and Robbie, you know? It's just like the best stuff ever. Santana and Ortiz, I enjoy their working style. I don't, I can't get over an AEW. <laughs> so, he's a grown man just wearing dungarees. Fair play. <laughs> sure. So uh, the LAX music at this point is fucking sick. It's really, really good. Go check it out from whatever year this was. It was just last year, wasn't it? Last year, yeah, less than 12 months ago. It's quite rare for us to do a, a show less than I don't know, 20 years ago. <laughs> 
We've been doing quite modern ones recently, but I know what you mean. Uh, the Lucha Bros gear as a mask is as, as amazing as you would expect it to be. Like, my Penta mask should be here any day, mate. Ordered it a few weeks ago, so I'm really looking forward to getting that in. Uh, I wonder if it'll ever arrive. It's coming from Mexico, apparently, so hmm, we'll see. You will never see your money or your mask <laughs> again. <laughs> I bought it via Pro Wrestling Tees, but then I noticed there was a little note saying, you know, this merch is being sent via blah, 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 blah in Mexico. And I was like oh <laughs> that might be like you know 30 40 pounds down the toilet but whatever we'll see no um, pro, pro, pro wrestling tees let, let's you know let, let's give it their dues they are very very good at what they do at yep, pro wrestling tees. Awesome so, fingers they're crossed a bit expensive get... in my opinion but you know yeah still good quick you question for your for your <laughs> <laughs> as i say quick I'm question for your UK, so the wrestling podcast go on sorry oh, sorry if you um with your masks Stupid question, completely not related to this show at all. Do you keep them on essentially mannequin heads? To I'm keep not them in a shape? fucking pervert, mate. <laughs> not not whole mannequins. That'd be weird. Just uh, mannequin heads. Like, keep this keep is the shape. weirdest conversation. I'm imagining my dad listening to us talking right now. And when you went, you know your masks. <laughs> my dad's went what? <laughs> Well, you've got a few. You've got, you've, you've, you've got a few, and I was just I've, saying I've got a select, um, a good selection. Let's put it that way. That's, How many have I actually got? I've how got do like you store them? Six. Do you store uh, them uh, on display, or do you have them literally just kept away in a drawer in a box? How do you store your masks? Keep them in pristine. All right, okay, all right. So that, it's a bit complicated. So the, there's a little alcove. Off, we have like a fireplace in our bedroom, right? So there's like little alcoves where the chimney stack is. And so we have like two rails in there rather than like cupboards as such. And so I have like a fabric Ikea thing that hangs down that's like square boxes that has my masks in it at the top. Very good. Did that answer oh. your question? <laughs> I just think if I manage to pull off this house move, I need to collect old Hasbro WWE figures and I want to start collecting Mexican masks, but I, I want to have them on display in oh, like some awesome. form of cabinet. So knowing for well that Fridays, it either happens or it doesn't. It's exchange on Friday or it's dead, the deal. And I just keep thinking, ah, I don't want to start looking at Mexican masks. And also, I don't want to turn up on the first day and have like Parcel Force rock up and go, here's your 20 mannequin heads. And my wife go, what the fuck have you ordered for moving day? (laughs) (laughs) Just a big Al Snow fan, you know. Um, (laughs) Exactly. What what happened to this spare guest room? This is now the Lucha room. (laughs) It's not a sex dungeon, it's just to do with AAA. (laughs) It's not a swing, it's a small ring. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a swing, that's to help me practice my (laughs) moonsaults. So, um, yeah, how would I do it? I'd probably go with like, you know, (laughs) uh, not actual mannequin heads, but like styrofoam ones, probably like dark colour ones because it show off the mask. That, that's what I was, that's the wording I was looking for. A very Al Snow style. Yeah, exactly. In the crowds, in, in the, what they've passed out to the crowd. That's what I meant, rather than mannequin heads because I don't really want to have a face on it because that would be creepy. Do you want to come and stay in my guest room? Shut all their <laughs> eyes. <laughs> As we've not got that much to talk about left on this AAA show, because let's be fair, it's it's quite a short, silly show. It's not really big AAA, you know like six hours of Triple Mania or whatever. Um, top five masks? La Parker. Okay, cool. Original Mystico. Sure, yeah. Good choice. Um, Obviously, current Penta. Yep. 
I'd agree. Very I love good. that mask. Yeah. With the face paint as well, makes a big difference. Yeah. I think early Rey Mysterio. Okay. And my personal favorite, when he was masked. Well, it's, it's a tie for me between Psychosis and Agia. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Sweet. That's a nice list. Um, How about you? I think you mentioned Psychosis twice, didn't you? Oh, no, I don't think so. I think your first one was Psychosis. No? I'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have like, you know, a couple of classics. Oh, no, La Parker was my first one. La Parker, yeah. Oh, that was, was number it? one. Oh, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. So, BM, BM, BM. It's your play after all. Um, so, for me, La Sombra that has the best selection of masks and that he went all crazy colors and stuff. And there's a few that are like bright silver, kind of like... Um, like uh, scaled ones that look fucking awesome. I love La Sombra. It's so cool. Which is, um, what's his name? WWE? Andrade. Thank you very much. Before he was nice. So he has like a diamond spot on his head and looks fucking cool. Um, if it counts, I'm going to go with Vader's steaming Ooh, bull yeah, mask nice. thing. It's not much of a mask, but it's more of an entrance gear, but like it's fucking awesome. I'm going to go um, uh, Drago because his selection of dragon shit is unbelievably cool and so well made in the same vein that i would go um oh my god muta because like do you remember the new york show when muta came out and he was the alien overlord thing oh yeah nice shit like that i'm like fucking hell his master awesome (laughs) every time that blows me away and uh the the one that i say is most underrated is um, a guy in New Japan whose name I suddenly can't remember. He has like the big Indian headdresses and stuff where he does his mask over his mask. Okay. Uh, he wrestles for LIJ. Bushi? Yeah, I think Bushi. it's Bushi. Like he has some of the coolest fucking shit. He had one that was like a giant wolf head with like teeth and everything else that are like a big entrance gear thing. It looks so fucking cool. But yeah, I those think, are my five. I was going to say Wagner uh, other, as well, I guess. Uh, other notable, notable ones was uh, Io Shirai's when she was in stardom. Yeah, for her bit, entrance bit, masks. Bit, bit generic, a bit kind of, you know, I'm an Asian lady, here's my mask, you know. And finally, just for just for my own entertainment, Super Felix Jr. Ooh, what's that one? It's my cat wrestling mask that I also lent to Mr. Wicked to wrestle a children's party with when he wrestled I th- Will Powers, Super Felix Jr. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to have it be a, lo- a lazy luchador who was a fraidy cat who was scared to go to the top rope. I thought it'd be a good comedy gimmick. Sure. To have a really shit lazy lucha called what's Super the, Felix Jr. What's the character from that lucha promotion in America that I don't really want to say the name of? That had Jack like, Voltage. <laughs> <laughs> had a yellow mask with a raised eyebrow and a fluffy belly. Mr. Something. Oh. Yeah. Oh, crap. You know who I mean. Yeah. Really, like, had fake British accent and stuff. I've got it as well. I've forgotten two other great ones. We'll move away from the promotion we don't want to talk about. Golga. Okay. okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Had the weird lump at the top. Yep. <laughs> the weird thing he put in his mask. That's not just me, right? That's a real yeah, thing. That's a real Good thing. Stuff. I remember that. And most Probably importantly. Like a chewing gum packet or something or like a snack for later. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a snack for later. <laughs> oh, poor Tenta. Just got Such a, a fucking hamburger in his mask. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Big Mac. And then the, the number one mask. Who we didn't mention. Yeah. I remember. loved Tenta, by the way. Just throw it out there. He was a fucking awesome wrestler. Yeah. Earthquake used to scare me as a kid. 
but the number one lucha mask. He's a hot. He's a spicy. He tastes great. Curry man. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. Let's move on. So Triple H has some really ugly belts. <laughs> is my first comment <laughs> yeah. in this match. Oh man, those tech belts. It's, oh, wow. It's, it just looks like a really shit independent boxing belt, doesn't it? And they're probably the better looking belts out of the ones on display this evening because uh, Phoenix has got his, I think it's the Mega belt, right? The hexagonal one? Yeah, he was Mega at the time because he was having his feud with Omega, wasn't he? Yeah, good lord, that belt is fucking ugly. Jesus Christ. So, um, everyone embraces before the match. I'm like, oh, I thought this was meant to be a race war, not a race hug, you know? <laughs> I don't know There's what a quote. Said. There's a quote. <laughs> it's not a race war. It's a race hug. A what are you doing? Hug. Fuck it up. Oh. So <laughs> Santana is wearing a Suck Me Crew t-shirt. I was like, interesting choice, but let's just move on from that one. Zero. Miedo. I could watch Penta do that all day. I'm just, yeah, it's the most over thing in wrestling for me. And it works. Because everyone's into it. And as you said, it doesn't get old. I love the way he goes up to the person in the ring and does it right in their face. And the person like shoves them back or they do a few spots. And Penner's like, hey, 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 tranquilo. And slowly, one finger at a time, takes off the glove. Really pedantically throws it to the ref. The ref nearly always catches it. And then he does the zero miedo spot. And I'm like, fucking hell, this gimmick is awesome, man. As you said... Phoenix is the best, one of the best wrestlers in the world, and definitely the best wrestler on the card. Sure. And um, Pence has a great gimmick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these lads know all the spots. Holy shit, do they know all the spots? This is madness. These boys once emailed Matt and said, Can I come and train with you? I know all the moves. <laughs> 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 and they actually do know most of the moves other than again a rest hold see more gimmicks we've got gimmicks on top of gimmicks on top of gimmicks here fucking hell so striker do, striker's doing fake science on commentary until hugo tells him to shut the fuck up uh striker starts provoking a race war between mexico and puerto rico on commentary third destroyer fourth destroyer to no reaction what so fucking ever penta package pile driver on the apron to santana the hardest part of the ring and Not called Santana. on commentary is the hardest part of the ring. Well done. Great catch. Absolutely. Yep. It, it's a running joke now. We all just have to go with it. Okay. Even though we don't like it, it has to be the hardest part of the ring. Don't talk about the ring post being the hardest part. You know, none of that bullshit. Let's just let's keep this gimmick alive, people. It's like the reversing of the figure four, you know. Hardest part of the ring was when I watched WrestleMania 2000. <laughs> on the N64. On the N64, yeah. yeah. Ma, ma, ma. <laughs> gimmicks are done for gimmicks. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like there's not much to say about this matchup other than spot after spot after spot. <laughs> Double stomp, package, par driver, combination, trapper keeper uh, by the Lucha Bros to Santana for the one, two, three, and still the Lucha Brothers. Stupid um, comment of the when they did the uh, the trapper keeper. I originally, when I first heard someone call that in commentary, I was like, traffic keeper? What the fuck's a traffic keeper? <laughs> So I'm not sure where it came from. The first guy I saw sorting package pile drivers as trapper keepers was Dan Macabe back in the day. Good old Macabe. I wonder whether it came from like um like someone like a John Waters or something, you know, because he was the guy who invented the lung blower. It was called the Waters Special for a while. And then people just started using it as the lung blower. And then it's become, you know, backstabber and whatever for now. Backstabber. But, um, 
I feel like John Waters is one of the most underrated guys in wrestling, you know, in terms of invention and all that sort of stuff. Secretly a a true floor. innovator. Yeah. A I've true heard innovator. Not very nice things about him as a human being. But in terms of innovation, he seems to be sly, like one of the most legit um, guys. I know what I'm trying to say anyway. So, uh, post-match, the Lucha Bros jump into the crowd and celebrate with the fans. Penta grabs the mic and goes, Gracias, Mexico! And I'm like, ah, wrong town, mate. <laughs> you know Mexico right now. Everyone raises their hands. Latinos united. Yay! Wrestling. Oh, we've got our flags. No flag, no country. No flag, no country. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, just to give you a quick heads up, um, mm-hmm. as I like to bring you breaking news on the podcast, Lots of unknown sources, and unnamed sources with no links to the wrestling industry have updated what's happening with NXT UK. Saying? <laughs> it's not going anywhere, and it looks like it'll be returning relatively soon. Yeah, it does seem to be the case. Oh, and um, in fairness, I've actually now scrolled down, and I found someone who might actually have some legit knowledge of this subject. Your colleague at WrestleTalk. Which one? Louis. Cool. Uh, let me just see if there's anything in the office. Hold on. He's basically saying it looks like NXT will be returning relatively soon. So it definitely isn't going to be, looks like it won't be closing. And as I suggested, potentially doing no fan shows at the PC in Enfield. So that'd be lovely. Yeah, it does seem to be the way. I'm having a quick look through the Discord. It's our office currently, because obviously we don't have an office right now because we're all um, in our own houses. Um, Can't immediately see stuff, but there's lots of... Uh, Lots of news prep tomorrow and stuff going on, so I'll have to have a look at that later. Pretty sure I'm going to put my name forward to be the assistant general manager because I'm pretty sure that role is going to be vacant. <laughs> <laughs> Bullying piece of shit. So, uh, one-legged dressed lady. I can't say that. that was meant to be a funny gimmick, but I fucked it up so many times this evening that I think Which it's is... just my botch to go with. <laughs> one-legged enjoying... lady. <laughs> one-legged lady. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. And Talky Man tell us the next match is no rules, basically, <laughs> as they put it. <laughs> like, it's so shit. They come out there and go, yeah, there's, there's no rules, basically. Just just go with it. It'll be fine, you know. But luckily, there's a backstory. Luckily, there's a flipping backstory to this match. Don't you right. worry. I'm this gonna, is what this sells just got the dark two. while we've been podcasting. I'm going to go close my curtains. You tell the lovely listeners the backstory here. I've got my headphones on. Don't worry. You go. I was going to say, I don't want you to miss out this. So, in February of 2019, so we're seven months before this event, former UFC heavyweight champion, the conqueror of the beast, Cain Velasquez, ignoring anything that's been on Fox or Crown Jewel, uh, Cain Velasquez, basically said Lucha Libre was fake. And a quote saying, a show without real blows. Well, he hadn't seen Johnny Mundo. On in tail end of March, um, at a press conference, so just over a month later, Cain Velasquez realised he couldn't cut it in UFC and signed for AAA. <laughs> um, but on that signing, he was confronted by a group of AAA wrestlers, including Texano Jr., in well, July... I'm so sorry, I've started this again. I've managed to pull my curtain rail off the window. <laughs> give me a minute i'll leave that in the podcast but i'll cut here okay so now we've got over uh curtain railgate (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that fixed Um, now so that's good so we were saying that in february 2019 uh came velasquez made statements saying lucha libre was fake and a show without real blows and then less just over a month later he signed for triple a 
So buried the promotion to then sign for it when he realized he couldn't hack it in the UFC. Um, but he was confronted at this contract signing by a group of AAA wrestlers, including Texano Jr. Right, okay. And then in July, to build up this show, well, sorry, to build up Triple Mania, sorry, Triple Mania, um, it was announced it was going to be a trios match, which had Velasquez, Psycho Clown, and Cody Rose against mm-hmm. uh, Los, Los Mercenarios, which was uh, Texano and Taurus, and a surprise partner whose name I forget and then basically <laughs> Velazquez won and then his second match it was, was Killer Cross wasn't it was it Killer Cross I can't remember yeah it was yeah but his um his his second match in AAA was going to be at this card at MSG Hulu Theatre where he's going to team again with Psycho Clown <laughs> it's MSG and, uh, for God's sake Please stop saying Hulu Theatre it's the Indigo <laughs> 2 at the O2. <laughs> that was going to be my reporter reference, yeah, but I didn't think... Like, yeah, go on, sorry. Um, and then he was teamed with Psycho Clown, so booked to face Psycho Clown and Cage against Texano, Taurus, and Rey Escorpio. Absolutely. So, it's as we said earlier, it's no rules, basically. Like, you know, every single match in AAA. Which is um, good, because Kane Velasquez can't work. Sure. Six-man tag team match of Brian Cage, Kane Velasquez... And an inferior, I mean Psycho Clown, <laughs> versus Los Mercenarios. So I started to describe the Mercenario lads, but then I realized the best way to put it is it's uh, Jody Fleisch would fit nicely in. Nice, nice fit. Good job. They, they love a bit of pleather, you know. And uh, this Taurus lad, he's a cow furry. He bloody loves. It, it basically, what happened is um, El Torito got hold of Chris Masters' roids <laughs> and just blew up into this mammoth gargantuan creature. I love fairies. They're funny. So, Psycho Clown, uh, his theme sounds a bit like an Aquabat song. You catch this? Nice catch, yeah. yeah and it's and considering Psycho there. Clown is essentially the face of their promotion, to yeah. still never be anywhere near the main event. Well, he had his run with Pagano, he, didn't he? He had his big run with Pagano as the main, the yeah. main draw. And, and now they've just gone with Wagner Jr. and Blue Demon for three years. Hang on, hang on. So Psycho Clown is the guy that unmasked Wagner. That's huge in Lucha Libre. And oh, you know, hang on. I thought it was Blue Demon who unmasked Wagner Jr. Oh no, sorry, no. He cut his hair because he was already unmasked, and they did hair versus mask. Uh, triple mania sorry i was having a moment but yes that that is exactly what happened yeah because you know a haircut oh devastating (laughs) but it is what it is so um psycho clown's theme is like the acrobat song uh mask came velasquez we've talked about it a little bit he's got his gucci mask thing it's uh yeah it's got bull horns on it i'd be fucking furious if i was taurus in this match i'd be furious if i was any form of luchador well, this guy shit all over the promotion and now he's in the semi-main event sure you can understand why he's a huge deal specifically in Mexico as well yeah he's a draw yeah so lovely listeners if you know anything about Lucha Libre which I'm assuming you would have because you've listened to this podcast a few times uh, you can probably guess who's going or oh, you might like Lucha who knows I mean it's rare but <laughs> <laughs> you can probably guess who's going to win when you see a celebrity a American champion and one of the promotion's top guys standing across the ring from a heel stable with a generic name that consists of two lads in pleather and a cow furry. <laughs> you know, it's it's not difficult to work out what's going to happen here. 
Yeah, and it's a shame it took 13 minutes and a really bad Cain Velasquez taking a dive on the outside and then falling over into the ring fence by himself. It's like, fucking hell, Cain. It's weird in that his involvement is doing faux MMA stuff, doing the weird kind of botchy bit in the middle, and then he does the finish, which is he's rehearsed it for the last 10 weeks, and so they're going to do some lucha spots. Phoenix-style cutter off the springboard, cut off the ropes... You know, where he does the, the headstand, not the jumping off the ropes, into the cutter for the one, two, three. And you're like, oh, to my astonishment, Kane, Cage and Psycho Clown win the match. And t- please don't think that we've tried to shortchange you, dear listener, on the 13 minutes that this match was. That's literally it. <laughs> yeah. You could have played Benny Hill music over half of it and it would have been good. Still. <laughs> Good, bad, funny, worst match Lucha. of the card, and and even even in this match because it was trying to take itself too seriously as the main draw. There wasn't even that much silliness. It was just crappy. Yeah, the only thing I like about my this match particularly is my notes that every time I've written Kane, I wrote it as K A N E. You're burning hell for that. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> so. That was a match. Um, <laughs> Psycho Clown like does the ultimate babyface thing of straight away going to raise the hand of Cain Velasquez so he's in all the newspapers and all the magazines. Yeah. Well played, Psycho Clown. If you are in Britress and if it ever gets going again <laughs> and you ever have a pile out if your babyface wins the big belt, make sure you're the first person out there to raise his hand because you will be in every single photograph. <laughs> good, good spot. Also, like try it. and lift him up on your shoulders like they tried to do with Lex Luger when he didn't win the belt. <laughs> Very carny, very carny. No, so, even better. When your top babyface doesn't win the belt, make sure you get the entire locker room to pour out and just point and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so one-legged dressed lady uh, comes out, blah, blah, blah. Who are they introducing? Some sort of Council of Mexico. And I'm like, ooh, it's a flag ceremony tax. Yay, I love back. a flag ceremony. <laughs> I missed it on the last one. It was kind of there partly. But like, you know, I'm still missing the lad in the burger costume, but <laughs> I'm happy the flag ceremony is back. This is you good. mean Nino's and burgers? <laughs> I'm not sure it was, because we're talking about the very first Lucha show we ever did, which is... Uh, uh, actually, okay. Yeah, it was the second episode we ever did, I think, Triple A? Triple Mania 25, I think, was the second one we did, wasn't it? Sure. I lose track because, you know, the numbers don't actually equate to how many shows there's been. So I just don't keep... I, keep, I gave up on the numbers a long time ago. Um, it's, it's, Mexico's weird uh, so actually that's a big statement Lucha Libre is weird that's a less weird statement um, so some sort of councillor Mexico come out where's the lad in the, lad in the burger costume still I'm generally disappointed he's not here so this m- mare looking lad uh, is now singing the na- the uh, national anthem for Mexico and uh, it took a turn for the surreal very quickly here because it gets um I don't know how to put it. It's like a rally almost suddenly for Mexico. The pro-Mexican delegation in New York City were up for this, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, sure. It, it's fun and silly, but a bit out of place almost. I said it was like a rally. Yeah. Yeah. So, hit my AAA quota of something ridiculous of man singing anthem whilst people cheer. Love it. And women stand there in bikinis, you know. Viva Mexico! <laughs> it's time for your main 
event of the evening or hora para su evento principal de la noche <laughs> if you can understand <laughs> terrible spanish <laughs> oh i love the hustle i'm glad I'm, I'm, that duolingo is really paying off for you i made some effort hora para su evento principal principal principale de la noche that's not too bad i think we'll see if anyone thank you Spanish google there, translate yeah exactly yeah it's probably in the wrong order grammatically but should be the right words at least congratulations on picking the soup of the day <laughs> <laughs> so the main event is two classic legendary luchadors of dr wagner jr one of my personal favorites in terms of gimmick and silliness and all that sort of shit versus blue demon jr who I've never been the biggest fan of, but seems to have developed his role recently. This match has been a year in the making, despite all the other matches they've had in that year. <laughs> this goes back... Yeah, you could say it's 30-odd years in the making, because these guys have both been around Lucha for a long time now. But this most recent run started back in October 2018 at Eros Immortales, 12 or XII, if you will, mm-hmm. where Blue Demon Jr. betrayed Dr. Wagner during Wagner's match with Jeff Jarrett, of all people. Because they were both Technicos tr- traditionally. So. They were. And even though there was interference, Wagner still won. And then late at the close of 2018, Blue Demon Jr. continued to basically completely rudo up, cost Wagner things, be basically mm. the thorn in the side. Um, February, but, but kind of subtly, you know. Yeah, it was a slow burn to it till they had their match in February, where again Dr. Wagner beat Blue Demon Junior in a street fight, and uh, and then despite winning, challenged him to a lucha de. I was struggling to say de apuestas. Um, a challenge that wasn't answered at that time. So even though he mm. won, he didn't get the answer, and then it was decided that would be the main event of Triple Mania 27. And Which you that, can listen to on the World of Wrestling podcast in our archives. And that's where Blue Demon Jr. finally beat Wagner and shaved his head. Yeah. And then so, after that match, Wagner announced his retirement from wrestling. But the next day, um, <laughs> he decided that, no, that's not my last match. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to retire. And then he went on to face Blue Demon Jr. here in MSG. To add some sort of perspective for people that don't know anything about Lucha or these two guys, they're both, what, in their 50s, 60s at least? Maybe a bit more? They are old boys. Let's see if I can find you some ages. It might be difficult because, again, they are... uh, Apparently, Blue Demon Jr. is 53 at this stage. And then Dr. Nick, (laughs) he is... 423 (laughs) he's 54 okay cool so these boys are certainly getting on but talk about protected characters these guys don't lose matches and you you might be like haha yeah he's exaggerating like triple h doesn't use lose matches no 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 these guys don't lose (laughs) matches (laughs) it's genuinely impressive the political lengths these guys will go to to protect these characters, even as old men who are definitively on their way out of the business. Um, Wagner yeah. retired. Yeah, And exactly. a day later pulled it back. Absolutely. It, it's very surreal to see any of them lose. So to see Wagner actually put over Blue Demon Jr., even if it was a bit bullshitty, it's a huge deal. So 
if you know anything about wrestling, <laughs> you will understand what's about to happen. So, I've seen these two wrestle before. You've seen these two wrestle before, right? We know what's going to happen. Prepare of for cheer- cheerleading. No one's going to sell a fucking thing. They're going to rip each other's masks. This match is actually missing the blade jobs this time. I suspect because that's in New York, right? Yeah, I think so. Rest holds, strikes, bit of lucha, in that order, on repeat, (laughs) for about 15 minutes. I'm going to be totally honest. When I saw this match come up, I watched the introductions because I was hoping for... (laughs) Your love is like bad medicine. So I could write jokes about it. Not even got the funny uncopyrighted music stuff, you know? It's just that... uh, Sorry, copyrighted music. It's just they come out to generic shit. Um, I set this match to 1.5 speed on my player. I'm not going to lie. Which means it must have still been fucking slow. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) I saw this... When I saw this match was the main event, I thought to myself, oh dear. And as you said, other than the blade job, I could just cut and paste what I said at Triple Mania 27. Yeah, 100%. Other than the finish. Yep. So, just quickly, Blue Demon goes for a fan at ringside in a Dr. Wagner mask, which is quite funny at the beginning of the match. Dr. Wagner <laughs> poses with the Mexican flag because he's the good guy here. Cool. Matt Strike and commentary suggests, don't get involved with the wrestlers. And Hugo goes, yeah, don't hit a fan. Don't hit a wrestler. <laughs> Fucking hell. Dr. Wagner is still masked, even though he lost his mask. Dr. Wagner is more over than Blue Demon with the fans. I think that's fair to say. I've missed my opportunity for a really offensive David Starr joke. (laughs) Commentary are putting over that Blue Demon... Don't hit on a fan. ...is more of a dark hat now, or more of a dark mask in this case, because one half of his blue mask is now slightly darker. That was a nice touch. Subtle. Yeah, really subtle. I mean... Subtle in terms of wrestling, subtle. <laughs> he's a darker character. His mask is a bit darker. I wouldn't call that subtle in everyday life, but for AAA, it's like fucking brain surgery. This is amazing. <laughs> can you imagine that? This can you imagine if this something that subtle happened in WWE and how much shit they be getting online on Twitter just for that? Like, they've slightly changed the mask. Whereas I said in AAA, it's like fucking hell. Someone's had a thought, <laughs> and it wasn't about a flag parade. <laughs> they do exactly what we've just mentioned mask tearing dr wagner whips off his own mask because you know uh clothesline dr wagner rolls through off of a blue demon drive for the one two three so dive for the one two three almost out of nowhere wagner gets his return victory gets the receipt uh yeah god lucha's a bit shit isn't it at least, though, again, we could continue to further the storyline. <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly what these guys need and this storyline needs. Fucking hell. You think about some of the guys they've got on their roster, your Murder Clowns, your Dragos, your Aerostars, whatever. You would have thought they'd push them to the main event eventually, you know? I'd like to see that by Triple Mania next year if they don't try and get more imports in. But after this match... And the shocking finish, who would have seen it coming with Wagner Jr. getting his win back? Yeah. All the heels from this to this evening's show come out. Sorry. And obviously, sorry, I say heels because most of them are the TNA guys. <laughs> that came heels out. work for TNA, you know. <laughs> and um, the most violent of them all was Tessa Blanchard and, and, and Dargo kicking the shit out of Wagner Jr. while Michael Elgin decided to try and beat up a woman in the crowd. Mm. And then luckily, all the technicos 
from yeah. Come Out and Save the Day. Viva but Mexico! The, but my favourite part of this is when Magna's doing his little post-match spiel. Bien, 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 bien. Daga gets the TNA guys on the ramp and then just raises their arms. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, they have it's to get amazing. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> It's the way that the the AAA guys and the all the technicos are all in the ring celebrating and like you know doing the big last pose, and the fucking douchebag heels in the background just standing there watching, going, "Are we on screen too? Can we get in the shot? <laughs> get to the back." Oh, it's oh, great! Hilarious. I love this show. Yeah, I I detest and absolutely fucking adore AAA. It's so much fun. Every time we do it, I'm just like. I hate watching the show. It seems like such a waste of time. You get about 30 minutes in, you've had a match and a couple of promos, and you're like, fucking hell, how much more is there? <laughs> but it never fails to uh, entertain, let's put it that way. I am going to make it my mission to try and be able to watch weekly AAA. I think they do it for either their YouTube or through Twitch, possibly. God, I might join you just for the bants. That'd be really funny. I've tried just, it just... before. I've tried watching CMLL for a while. And it, oh god, it got repetitive quickly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm keen. I'm in because I would rather watch AAA on a weekly basis than a lot of the the tat that's out there at the moment. How was you cornflake this show? Well, uh, well, Murder Clown's on it, so five, obviously. Murder Clown is definitely the star of the show. Drago has, Drago, sorry, has the best attire in most of wrestling phoenix is one of the best wrestlers in the world yep. and when you say these things you think to yourself wow this card must be more than a two cornflake it is not more than nope. a two cornflake <laughs> <laughs> it barely scratches two to be honest it, it it's not even a frosty it's just two standard <laughs> cornflakes maybe a bit singed on one of them one of the burnt ones that just got through qa that yeah, sounds about right yeah so but i loved um, it Let's, let's play devil's advocate here a little bit. If we're booking AAA, what's our main event for Triple Mania next year? Oh, okay. So I would either go, and it'd be unlikely to do it, but I'd go for the match itself for entertainment value would be Penta and Phoenix against each other for the Mega Belt. Oh, okay. Yeah, that could be fun. Who would be the heel? Penta. Let's book it like as in we care about wrestling, not how AAA would book it and just be like, they're brothers. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know? Penta would be the heel. You'd have Penta, Penta, Penta to turn be heel. I'd you, have Penta Phoenix turn heel. not be the better obnoxious kind of like younger brother trying to take his older brother's spot? Kind of story. No, I, I think having Penta as the heel and then refusing to do his um, Zero Mio jazz Ooh. could work quite well with the fans i wonder whether you could convince him not to do it in a match because i mean that is 90 percent of his match right now <laughs> and then on, a, on an undercard you'd have because i don't i mean i don't even know what Pagano's doing at the moment ah, he's he's i hate to say it, he's a bit shit so i wouldn't worry about it but the the fact that you could have pagano and psycho clown try and go for another series as well and and maybe have the clowns have a bit more prominence. I'd quite like to see the clowns go against the Bucks. So what, Murder and Psycho or like Dave and Murder or someone? Dave and Murder against okay. the Bucks, possibly. Would you, would you main event Psycho Clown? Uh, I don't think he's very good, you know. 
I, I think because they had the good run with Psycho Clown and Pagano, I think having Phoenix and Penta as their main single stars would add the value if they wanted to do it. But I mean, sure. if you look at the AAA guys on this card, outside of our, I mean, you could build Murder Clown to be a top star, either heel or face. Yeah, if he can talk. We, we're assuming he's an amazing talker because he's amazing at everything else, but we don't speak Spanish, so we don't really know. But I and potentially do something with Texano Jr. Yeah, I mean he's had a few moments in the last few years, hasn't he? He had a run with the belt, didn't he? Ooh. Close to the belt. It was like the main Rudo challenge. He he did. He's been round. a two time he's been a two time mega champ. Yeah, because he's one of those the heads of one of those families, like the same way Psycho Clown is. Yeah. I I, I don't so, know, I don't think he's very good though. But I think that you could say that about most of <laughs> most of the roster they are excellent characters they are a bit sludgy in ring oh of course what am i talking about give me big mummy versus ty valkyrie in the main event (laughs) i thought you were gonna say big mummy murder clown (laughs) i want i want i want to see their kids (laughs) ah fucking a i keep thinking about how blue demon and wagner are not going to put one or the other over ever right so they might, but then they're going to have to get the return the next night, et cetera, et cetera. No one's ever going to be the more dominant of the two. So for me, they come out and they go, ah, oh, I respect you. You know, you did some heel things. I did some bad things. We're all good. And as they're shaking hands, Psycho Clown comes out and like, hey, what the fuck? You old cunts have been taking the main event for the last few weeks. Here's me and my brother and my little friends weeks, to beat you up. Years. <laughs> You know what I mean? So eventually it leads to a tag, which would be Wagner and Blue Demon, because they look good on the poster and they sell tickets, against Psycho and Murder, right? But then Psycho basically acts like the big brother to Murder all the time, even though Murder does all the cool spots and catches all the people and does everything else, you know? And this would lead into, like, basically a Psycho Circus against Lucha Legends match, you know? Like, six on six in a Pyramid Tower of Doom sort of scenario, you know? (laughs) Oh man, can you imagine it? But that 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 would be the problem. Which family would go over? Oh yeah, obviously Motor Clown wins everything, pins all six of the legends yeah. one by one, <laughs> eliminating them. But I, that's the problem you've got with a main event of AAA. Yeah, there's too much imagine, politics to be able to book it for enjoyment. Imagine booking this shit week to week. Fuck it out. Kona must think- be the best negotiator in the world. WCW thought they had bad with Hogan with creative control. Jeez. <laughs> All your money's reliant on these old dudes turning up to take these spots in the main event and not putting over your guys, you know? Fucking hell. It's not great. Great show, though. Really yeah. good fun to watch. As I said, if you want to watch it yourself, you can either watch it on Fight, you can watch it for free on YouTube. If you find, just search AAA um, Invading New York or N- or Invading NY and get to watch them at the glorious MSG, the yeah, home of wrestling. Put it this way, in the, you know, the lack of copyright in AAA works both ways so their content is vastly available for free let's put it that way and hugo savinovich is a fantastic commentator absolutely so next week we've got options here okay so i've got one two three four five spot shows i'm thinking about doing but then we've got a short storyline which is a trilogy and we've got a very long storyline, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten shows, which we haven't actually di- disclosed yet that we will be doing at some point. 
I think we should save the 10 show one for maybe a bit later in the winter. Okay, I'd like to do that face-to-face if possible, yeah. rather than remotely. Yeah, I think so. Because I think um, there's going to be long discussions about storylines and plots and who should go over, you know. I am going to be bold and brave, and I think we should put the next four... How many spot shows are there? Four or five, if you've got? There's five. How many can you have on a Twitter poll? Uh, Four. Okay, all right. Let's pick four and bang them on a Twitter poll um, later this evening. I'll tell you what, what we'll do is we'll put three... Uh, so the, the last two are basically kind of either spot shows or trilogy that I'm not desperate to do right now. But there's three. Ooh. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, I'll just say it. So mm. the, the options, okay, are WWF Canadian Stampede that someone requested ages ago that we still haven't done. Okay. Um, GCW's Josh Barnett's Bloodsport from 2019 which is like the really weird MMA show with no ring ropes and stuff that Regal was at. Or um, there's two trilogies. Uh, no, sorry, three trilogies. <laughs> so I've only got... I've actually read it wrong in the first place. Sorry, man. I've got two spot shows and three trilogies. Do you want to hear the three trilogies? Go for the trilogies. Okay, so the first one, which I'm quite keen to do, I will be honest, is Brett versus Owen. The second one is Barry Windham. And the third one is Battle of Los Angeles from last year, all three nights. All <laughs> three nights, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think just for current work schedule, I'd go, let's put up the spot shows and then let someone vote for that. Okay. And then next week, we'll put the trilogies up and then we'll do one of the trilogies next. So we'll put up Canadian Stampede or Josh Barnett's Blood Sports for next week's episode and we'll put the vote out uh, shortly. And then if you're listening to this now, the vote should be over on our Twitter at World of Rest Pod. Make sure you go and vote for what you want to hear for next week's show. Um, and then the following week, we'll let you decide on the trilogy. I'd still quite like to do a Barry Windham trilogy because I'm not overly familiar with his work yeah okay. in great detail yeah i like it so this week we'll do a poll which is gonna have the three spot shows two spot shows two spot shows okay well maybe we'll add in a third we'll have a bit of research and we'll see maybe recommend something to us world press pod if you listen to this beforehand because i'm putting this up pretty quickly um so basically the canadian stampede or josh bonnet's blood sport from 2019 and then we'll put up a poll about which trilogy we do next maybe yeah, I think so. We'll get we'll get through we'll get through Twitter poll for Spot Show, and then we'll go on to our trilogy because that means we can firm up which shows we'd be covering for the trilogies as well, so people can vote for what they want to see on that. Okay, cool. Right, let's take PWG out the equation then. Let's do either Barry Windham or Brett versus Owen. We'll give those two options because those are the nice. things we're interested in, isn't it? I mean, I, I still want to do a bowler. I really do. Okay, I thought you said Ebola for a second. <laughs> I, <did> so. <laughs> I, I still want to catch a bowler. <laughs> I want to do some Ebola, mate. You know, go down the park at night. <laughs> get 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 that deodorant can and light and do some Ebola in the park. <laughs> Whilst Rich sits up at the top of his cell in his fucking ivory tower. <laughs> <laughs> That's your gimmick, not mine. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, Brilliant. Fun, man. Where, where can people find you on the social medias? You can find me at Fanboy Rich and obviously content on Wrestle Talk as well. Go subscribe. Especially subscribe to Parts of Unknown. We're almost at 100,000 people, which means that we get a plaque. And I want a plaque. I want to be around for when we get a plaque. That would be awesome. 
And you can find me at the Tax Williams on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I do very little on any of these at the moment because I can't get bookings, but Twitter is the place to find me as I call out people quietly, not on Twitter because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> there we go. Right, thank you everyone um, for listening. Uh, this has been fun. I love our podcast. It's good fun, mate. This was great fun. And remember, head over to our Twitter page at World of Rest Pod. Vote for what you want to hear next week. Either WWF Canadian Stampede or Josh Barnett Bloodsport 2019. Let's do it. Right, thank you everyone. It's been fun. Bye. Bye bye. I'm just gonna keep you guys hyped up. I'm gonna be loud like this the whole night, so you guys have to meet me and be at our level. Honestly, right? Okay. So the whole night, because the more, the louder you guys are, the better. The wrestlers will perform for you tonight. You guys have to meet me and be at our level, honestly, right? The louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight.